BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hello and welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast, everyone. We're your beauty girlies, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. And we're nerding out on beauty every single Wednesday because why not? Beauty is the feel-good sensation across the nation. Hello there, my friend. (laughs) Hi, Carlene. So if y'all have been tuning in for a while now, you know that we are two longtime beauty editors turned beauty podcasters. This is our sixth year of doing this podcast. And every single Wednesday, we're talking about everything from new product drops, what we deem is hashtag damn good in the market. We also speak to epic founders, get the backstory behind some great best-selling products that are on our top shelves. And of course, we speak to the people who are really creating the trends in the field a lot of the time. So estheticians, makeup artists, hairstylists. So we're happy to be here. Yeah. So basically, we're speaking to the breakthrough minds in beauty. And today, we're going to chat with a cosmetic chemist a little later in the show. His name is Ron. Robinson. He's also the founder of Beauty Stat Skincare. He's going to be pulling back the curtain on the skincare industry, answering all of our questions about formulations, ingredients. You're definitely going to want to tune in for that. That's right. And I just want to say before we sort of dig into all of that, there's just so much news you can use in beauty. It's such a rapidly evolving, headline grabbing subject and industry that we are a part of and that we report on. And Carlene, you and I are often like texting about some of these headlines or slacking each other, but we don't always get to talk about them on the mic. So we thought we would start today by talking a little bit about the things that we are behind the scenes talking about. Yeah. So we also want to be chatting with you and we created this survey so that we could hear from you about what you love about our show, what you would love to see us do differently. Today's actually the last day for you to fill out that survey. So get in there if you haven't done it already. There is a chance for you to win a gift card from Sephora or some Breaking Beauty merch. And also, if you are a big fan of our show, please leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us, and you can leave us a comment in there as well. Yes, and I would also add, because, you know, we're nerding out on everything to do with podcasts and beauty, and I just found out that it's very important 
for us to have followers on Apple Podcasts. You know, they used to say, subscribe to us on iTunes back in the day when we started. Now Mm -hmm. it's about following on Apple Podcasts. So if you are listening to our show, but maybe for some reason you're not following us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please smash that follow button because apparently it helps. I just learned Mm -hmm. that. So please, Mm -hmm. please do. Yes, smash that follow button. Just like I feel like a YouTuber when I say that. Yeah. So Jill, the last thing we were chatting about on our Slack or texting each other was I loved your response on this one. But I was like, can you believe the Anastasia Beverly Hills 25th anniversary party? Because, of course, all the photos came out and I just could not believe the star power at that dinner table. It was like Kim Kardashian, Oprah and J-Lo doing a, a selfie together And that was just like the tip of the iceberg, you know, Heidi Klum, Mm -hmm. who else was there, Jill? It was like everybody, Priyanka, Chopra, like to get everyone around that table at once. I was just like, you don't even barely see them sitting so close together like that at one table at like an awards event, you know? And so I mentioned that to you and you were like, yeah, whatever. You didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was like. Anastasia is major. Yeah, she is. And I'm happy to say we were her first beauty podcast ever. I think first podcast ever, period, when she was here. It was a great interview. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. She just has one of the most compelling stories as a founder. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why. I just feel like she really rolls in that circle. And I follow her so closely on Instagram. Like those... People, a lot of them that you mentioned are just legitimately her neighbors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel like there it's it wasn't that mind blowing to me, but nothing but respect, of course. I think yeah. it just speaks to her, her power, her draw, and mm-hmm. um, her paying homage to all of the people who put her on the map. The Oprah yeah, and J-Lo. and I mean if she's been wasn't... doing their brows probably for twenty more than twenty years. So oh god, yeah, you know before they were the level of famous that they are now. But yeah, it was just incredible to see. Well, I think Oprah putting her on television, that's like going to change the course of your life. So I think that she was kind of paying tribute, paying homage. And then it got me wondering, this is how my brain works. I was like, I wonder what other brands Anastasia personally invests in because she Mm -hmm. is a unicorn. She is a billionaire. Like, is she is she investing in Kris Jenner's projects on the side because Kris was there? Is she in the JLo beauty mix because she does have all of the insider secrets in the industry. Yeah. And then her daughter, Norvina, was there too. Like, Nepo baby of the beauty world. Love it. Love to see it. (laughs) I know. It's so true. Yeah. And speaking of investing, Hmm. I just saw a headline the other day that Miley Cyrus, actually, I saw on her Instagram, she's posing in front of a pool. She's got this like, uber glowing tan. And the caption is, I can buy myself tanner. (laughs) Yeah, it says get that endless summer vacation glow. And she talks about how she's now an official partner in Dolce Glow, Mm -hmm. um, which is a self tanning product. So she's invested in that company. And I just thought it was kind of interesting because I've been having this conversation in my own head about how I feel like tanning kind of went out so to speak, for a while, at least amongst beauty editors, where it was like, weren't really writing about it. You know, I used to do self-tanner myself and I kind of backed away from it or just that all like I'll use a bronzer, but not that all over 
kind of thing where I try to fake a skin tone that I'm not. And it just felt like it was a bit passe. And then but really, I feel like tanning has come back. I feel like tanning is back. If you look at all of the influencers, like the big, big ones right now on TikTok, like Matilda Jerf and Alex Earl and all them, they always have this serious kind of tan. And I feel like young girls are kind of going after that again. I don't know that they're going to a tanning salon. Although in my head, this is the debate I had in my head. I'm like, are girls going back to tanning salons or are they only using self-tanner? What do you think, Jill? Well, I have a bit of a different point of view on that. I think it never went away. I just don't think I think we're a little older, but like every girl I follow on Instagram lives in Los Angeles. They are getting the spray town ding dong to their door, the pop up tents. We're just not those people. And Mm -hmm. and if you are Irish, every Mm -hmm. Irish girl is head to toe (laughs) fake tan. I know plenty Mm -hmm. of them that live here. And their moms are always telling them, oh, yeah, look pale. And they're, there they are then with the tanning water drops from Isle of Paradise or whatever. I don't think mm-hmm. it ever went away. Mm-hmm. Whether or not people are going back to tanning beds, I don't really think so. I've heard Alex Earl potentially talking about that. And some people saying in her comments, like, don't don't do that, whatever. It's dangerous, which I'm grateful mm-hmm. for because it is so mm-hmm. dangerous. And on top of that, she's on Accutane. That's part of the reason I really like Alex Earl is she's on Accutane and she shows the befores and the afters of her skin and her skin, Carlene. When you it's like truly before was one of the worst cases of cystic acne. I'm talking from like the hairline down to the neck. It's covered in red, angry, painful looking Mm. acne. Mm -hmm. And so she's been on this journey with Accutane, whatever. And I think because you can't tan someone like her, she's getting spray tans. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's always been, what's the word? Aspirational to look kind of glowy and to look like you have a tan. And it's hard to shake that. Interesting. Well, I just think for all of the news that I've been watching over the past, you know, five, five years, I mean, it's been longer, but for the past five years, I just haven't seen that much buzz since probably Isle of Paradise, literally, that there is a celebrity investing in a tanning brand. Do you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Tan Lux is another one. There's actually been quite a few launches. It's just there are more indie brands that we don't necessarily see a lot of just saying. But yeah. Without question, it's an interesting move from Miley. I'm curious what you guys think out there, the listeners. Do you think that tanning kind of went away? Do you think it's back? Did you never stop? If you do use it, like what are some of your ride or dies? I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm be maybe I'm gonna be influenced. Maybe I'm gonna start, you know, getting out the mitt and doing my thighs again this summer. I don't know. Or sooner. Every day. I don't know. But I want to hear from you. I'm always curious what uh what yeah. you guys know, you know, we have a lot of listeners in L.A. We have a lot of listeners outside of L.A. too. So tell us yeah. what you think. I'm also thinking that something might have played into the at least your perception, which I, I can totally understand that tanning wasn't or you didn't see as much happening. Is like I think people were just so limited with their travel. Maybe they wouldn't tan all the time, but they would tan before they went away, like get a self tan, fake tan going. And nobody's traveled anywhere yeah, in like three years. Do you think, I also do really think there was a moment where we were talking about skin tones and foundation mm-hmm. tones and 50 shades. And there was a whole yeah. movement happening where it just didn't mm-hmm. feel right to I see. be putting on the self tanner. It just yeah. was kind of 
contrary to the conversation. And I think some people mm-hmm. were overdoing it and it looked like blackfishing. And, you know, I think yeah. there was a moment where it was kind of really passe. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, we want to hear from you guys. What else is happening in the headlines, Jill? I know you're a headline watcher. I just love social media for, you know, all the diverse voices and hot takes that we see. I mean, I just laughed my head off when I saw this one girl in her car talking about the Hailey Bieber Bob and she was literally having an intervention in her car with whoever's watching. She's like, do not do it. Do not do it. Yeah. (laughs) It went everywhere. And she was like, you will, this is going to have extensions in two weeks and you'll be crying into your mirror looking like Lord Farquaad, you know? I don't know who (laughs) needs to hear this right now. Do not put that picture away. Do not, do not, do not take it into the salon. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I feel like we've done our catch up. You know, we're going to close it out with Haley Bieber, of course, which is a natural segue into our next guest. His name is Ron Robinson, and he is the cosmetic chemist advisor to Haley Bieber and her line Road Skincare. But that's not all. He also has over 20 years of experience developing Clinique's best-selling products and leading product development for L'Oreal, Revlon, Avon. He really just, you know, he knows everything about product development. And he recently launched his own line, Beauty Stat, just three years ago. And it's probably one of the more low-key skincare lines that are kind of secretly exploding at the moment. And I think that has a lot to do with his debut product, which is Universal C Skin Refiner. And it's meant to be the world's first 20% stable vitamin C serum. So we're going to ask him about that for sure. And since its launch in 2019, the line has won 11 awards from Allure, Good Housekeeping and Women's Health. And today's episode, he's going to tell us what it was like working with Haley Bieber on road skin care because he was a consulting chemist on that brand. We also ask him about his thoughts on the latest craze in menopausal skincare. Yeah. And stay tuned until the end to find out what the latest FDA cosmetic regulations mean for us as consumers in the months ahead. Here he is, Ron Robinson. Pausing to shout out Macy's, one of our longtime show partners. So do y'all remember back in June 2020 when fashion entrepreneur, creative director and activist Aurora James spearheaded the 15% pledge? At that critical time, she called upon businesses to show their support of Black-owned brands in a quantitative way. The call to action was simple. Black people make up 15% of the U.S. population. So she asked businesses to dedicate 15% of their shelf space to Black-owned brands. And from that simple, single Instagram post from Aurora, a retail revolution was born. And Macy's signed the 15% pledge back in 2020. And since then, Macy's has increased the number of Black-owned brands that they carry by eightfold. And coincidentally, our guest today, Ron Robinson, his skincare line called Beauty Stat, it's available at Macy's. And Macy's also now carries Pattern Beauty by one of our favorite guests ever, Tracy Ellis Ross. Trust me, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do. It's amazing. Now, during Black History Month and all year long, Macy's are continuing their support for Black creators, change makers, and causes. Join Macy's in celebrating Black history and Black brilliance by shopping Black-owned brands. And you can help fund scholarships for students at historically Black colleges and universities by donating online. 
and rounding up in store for the United Negro College Fund. This ensures that deserving students get to go and through college. Your donation will help fund scholarships and create brighter futures for low-income students of color attending historically Black colleges and universities. I love this initiative. Learn more today at Macy's.com slash purpose. Once again, that's Macy's.com slash purpose. We'll link to this initiative in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show. From Vogue, The Run Through, a new weekly podcast featuring the most riveting news in fashion and culture with Vogue's take on the big stories. I'm still working on my day to day. I've been doing what I've been doing for 40 years. Fashion in relation to sports, culture and politics. We were designing this movie in the middle of a pandemic. I wanted to do something special and something that was probably more linked to a cultural than just fashion. From the red carpets and runways to political and cultural events. Bringing you undertold stories from around the globe. I always say Ghana because I want people to know how possible it is to create amazing things there. With voices rarely accessible and uncommonly authentic. On this season of The Run-Through, Serena Williams, Michaela Cole, Chelsea Manning, and more. The Run-Through with Vogue. I'm Chloe Mao. I'm Cho Minardi. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Breaking Beauty Podcast, Ron. So happy to have you. Now, of course, to prep for our chat, we peeped your Instagram and right away off the top saw something you had pinned, which was Haley Bieber. I mean, you don't see that on every cosmetic chemist's Instagram, let's be honest. So what's it been like? You're kind of an advisor for Road Beauty. What has it been like working with Haley? And I'm curious from your perspective, what makes that skincare line unique and not just all about the face, that gorgeous face? Oh, great questions. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm a veteran cosmetic chemist. I've developed products for a lot of big brands. Obviously started my own brand a few years ago called Beauty Stat. And during that time, I, you know, Haley reached out to me. You know, she had the idea and concept for building this brand called Road. And I was super intrigued and super excited about the concept. So, you know, I typically don't offer up my time. My focus really full-time is building the Beauty Stat brand. But yeah. I was really intrigued with Haley's concept about Road. And I thought it, I could really lean in and help her develop her brand with a you know unique positioning and distinct positioning in, in, in terms of her brand road and my brand beauty stat. Yeah. Do you, you probably Does, don't usually have to dodge paparazzi when you're going to a meeting <laughs> with your client. Am I right? <laughs> That's correct. And, and to, to, to answer your other question about, you know, what I really like the, the fact that she was really addressing the the barrier, you know, consumer skin yeah. barrier and trying to heal and repair that. I loved her, her concept, her passion. And that's what made me join in and try to help. Amazing. Does that go down in the DMs? How does that go down <laughs> exactly? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it all started with the DMs. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Love it. Modern. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure you've had many lab samples go back and forth between the two of you, but I'm curious from your line from Beauty Stat, has Haley tried a lot of that line? And if she has tried it, does she have a favorite product or maybe one she's told you that like her husband, Justin Bieber, can't stop using from Beauty Stat? Yeah. In fact, she tried all of our my products before she reached out to me. So she was really doing her homework wow. homework on me and and the type of products that I developed. She originally loved our vitamin C serum and then our eye cream. In fact, our vitamin C serum became, you know, her holy grail go-to vitamin C serum. 
And then she calls our moisturizer like like the it moisturizer as well. So she liked a lot of our products. I don't know if if Justin has been trying them. I I, I have a feeling mm. he has, but she hasn't told me. <laughs> she hasn't told me that. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, I thought her line was kind of interesting. The the whole glaze idea. Obviously, she actually you know, put that on the label. And so are you meant to put that glaze on top of the moisturizer? I actually wasn't sure if it was an either or like, is this something you masterminded or what? No, I, th- I think it was really her idea. Her idea about getting mm. this this skin that's so glowing and so radiant that it's almost a glaze, a glaze donut effect was totally yeah. all her. And I think in terms yeah. of usage, it's, I think it's the glaze first then follow with the moisturizer. Okay. All right. Well, long before Road, you've had over, and Beauty Stat, you've had over 20 years of experience in the beauty industry. Can you reveal some of the products that you have masterminded that maybe we've heard of? Are those NDAs done and buried yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what well, can you I, tell I think, us? Yeah, I think I'm most well known for some of the early Clinique turnaround products. And again, this is going back to the early 90s. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm a little bit of a dinosaur in the industry, but you know, you know, at, at the time, it was, it was just a very exciting time where that was the moment where, it, in products, ingredients were really starting to have some sort of effect on skin, just beyond basic moisturization. And I was had the privilege to work on some of those early products for Clinique. So very exciting times. Yeah. Indeed. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, our show, we talk a lot about breakthrough products. And when you created Beauty Stat, you came out with a really bold claim. I mean, Carlene and I are probably around your age. We've seen a lot of vitamin Cs. And your claim on your debut vitamin C serum is the world's first 20% stable vitamin C serum, the Universal C Skin Refiner. I have it right here in front of me. Yes, yes. So tell us how you achieved that. What really inspired me and my team is the fact that a lot of consumers were looking for vitamin C products. They recognize it as like this go-to holy grail ingredient that's going to benefit their skin. But it had one major, major downside in, in, in that it's very unstable. So what that means, it tends to oxidize. It means it turns brown, turns orange, really smells like hot dog water. Which is, mm-hmm. which is not cute, not fun. And that's the mm-hmm. cue that the vitamin C is no longer effective. And there were several products in the, on the marketplace, big sellers, in fact, that were, this was happening. They were becoming unstable and oxidizing. And I felt, what if there was a way to, to stabilize that and prevent that from happening? And if we could do that, that would be a holy grail. So I, I spent many years uh, me and my cosmetic chemist team working on ways to try to stabilize pure vitamin C. And after literally thousands of iterations, we found this formula that was rock stable with almost three year plus shelf life and had a great texture, very velvety, smooth, easy to apply. And the last step was to make sure that it actually worked. So we put this product on an independent clinical test and the results came back amazing. I was floored. Literally clinically tested, dermatologists approved to reduce fine lines, wrinkles, firm and tightened skin, even out skin tone, diminish the look of pores. It really did it all. Whether you were in your 20s or your 60s plus, this product could benefit your skin in a significant way. So we, sp- we spent many years patenting these this ingredient, this technology. And after we've got the finished complete patents for the product, we went to market 
and launched the brand Beauty Stat in 2019 with that star product. Yeah. Amazing. Everybody should know it's in a pump. We know yes, all good is. vitamin C worth its weight in gold is in a pump. No air is getting in that bad boy. Not at all. It's, 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 <laughs> it's pure, pure and potent from the first drop to the last. And again, you know, the term stable is starting to get kicked around a lot these days. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? So we actually back that up with, with a shelf life claim of three to five years. That it's rock stable. You don't have to worry about you know, refrigerating it or hiding it in a dark place. This product's going to last. You don't have to worry that it's going to you know, turn unstable, become oxidized and turn orange. Yeah, I've had a lot of those in my cabinet. You know, I've, yes. I've gotten drunk off a lot of those. But um, bump. <laughs> OK, I want to ask you because you talked about clinical trials and I, I've been personally so curious about this. There's so many claims around, you know, scientific skincare, And I feel like that's even more buzzy than ever is sort of high science yep. skincare, big claims. And yet a lot of people who we talk to when we speak to estheticians and real like skin pros in the business. And we ask them, what are the best skincare lines? What are your favorites? And they often say the ones that are clinically tested that have the clinical trials behind it. So I wondered if you could help unpack, is there a way to figure out like what are the most scientifically proven products in the world? I don't know if I could isolate any exact product, but I could, Mm -hmm. but I could, I, I often, you know, help consumers or share with consumers what to look for. So you want yeah. to look for look for ingredients that are proven. And the you know you talked about the skincare pros, the skin experts, what they say. Mm-hmm. There are a few mm-hmm. ingredients that are tried and true that dermatologists and estheticians and other other science skin science experts alike agree on. Vitamin C, retinol, glycolic acids. Those are some of the big three ingredients that there's enough data and testing on those three specifically that they are likely going to have some sort of benefit when formulated within a product. So that's the first thing that a consumer can look for. But it's not, beyond that, there's more that they could look for. They could look for, like you said, the clinical testing. Did Mm -hmm. the brand or manufacturer actually go through the task of testing the product third party to make sure that it actually delivers results in a clinical setting? So I think that's Mm -hmm. the second thing that consumers can look for. And, you know, right now there are a few products in the marketplace that, that are, that are doing this and more and more, I think we'll be doing that as, as right now we're in an era where consumers, they want transparency. They want, they want, they want backup. They want it. They want receipts. They Mm -hmm. want to, they want to see that, Hey, if you're making this claim that you have the backup for it, you could show those receipts. So I think that's a trend that will continue. Uh, me as a cosmetic chemist, that was the the that was the basis for the brand, making sure that we were about high performance clinical testing, and of course patenting and owning all of our technologies that we use. I just feel like if you if you're a consumer out there listening right now and you're wondering, does this does this product is it clinically tested? I mean, it's a little hard to tell at the shelf, but I think you can look out for how language is sort of coded and or cached, I guess. And sometimes mm-hmm. it will say hundred percent of consumers said their skin felt better, right? noticed a reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. It's not, there's a reduction in wrinkles. They noticed a reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. So mm-hmm. there's subtleties around that, that I think 
you can be aware of as a consumer. And I think it's important to note those differences versus clinical trials. Yes. And I think, I think if, if you're a brand, if you're clinically tested or if you've done any type of clinical work at all, you're going to say that. So that's one word that's that, right. a, that a consumer should look for. Look to see if there's any clinical support. The other claim you mentioned about, you know, in a consumer study where 100%, 90% of consumers, mm-hmm. that's another way of testing your product with consumers, different type of study. So it's not necessarily an an independent clinical setting. It's more about more, more subjective. You may, you may have a panel of consumers where you're, you're sending out the product and asking them to fill out a questionnaire. And that's another way. That's so so that's good as well. But I think, I think the, the gold standard for me as a cosmetic chemist founded brand is independent clinical testing. And we are clear about that in all communications. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting on this topic, because I've said this for a while, there's so many certifications now, like Leaping Bunny and all these different ones. And I think that, you know, if people want to know the most effective products, I kind of wish there was a seal that said clinically tested, you know, that would be more clear because to Jill's point, it's pretty difficult to tell. I don't know. It could be. It it could be. I I I think the seal is an interesting idea. Welcoming a new partner to our show this week, Droplet. So hands up if you love a speedy spot home moment for every day, like I do. Well, I'm excited to introduce you to this new product, the Droplet Microinfuser. It's really the next frontier on how to treat your skin, and it's really easy to use. So the Droplet, it's an award-winning handheld device, and it transforms serums into a high-velocity micromist that absorbs into the skin 20 times deeper than topicals, where the ingredients can actually do some good. So the device, it fits in the palm of your hand and it works with formulation capsules, kind of like fancy coffee capsules. So you can use it to infuse the treatments that are right for you into, not just onto your skin. So you can treat things like wrinkles, hydration, hyperpigmentation, and more. So you choose the serum that best meets your skincare needs. Like right now, I'm using the retinol. I'm really liking it. And Droplet, it's easy to use and delivers those powerful treatments in under 60 seconds, morning and night, right from the comfort of your own home. And the device pairs with the Droplet mobile app to unleash the most powerful deeply penetrating results and lets you personalize your skincare routine with targeted treatment modes. Very cool. And for a limited time, listeners can get 50% off your droplet device. That's 50% off your droplet device at droplet.io and use code beauty. That's droplet.io and use code beauty spelled D-R-O-P-L-E-T-T-E dot I-O and use code beauty. Once again, droplet.io and use code beauty to get 50% off your droplet device. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website. Now onto the show. Okay. What do you make of this trend or this emerging trend of skincare brands that target perimenopausal or menopausal women and their changing skincare needs due to their changing hormones? Like, is this legitimate? Is this a legitimate need? Is there anything actually different about these formulations? I mean, we're here for them casting more mature faces in these campaigns, but I'm really questioning, do we need a product when you're going through these changes or can you simply like go for a more intense moisturizer? I think, I think it's both. I think, you know, I think there's a little marketing that's going on here. Mm -hmm. I think basically what happens through, through menopause, the effect it takes on your skin is your skin gets drier. So to your point Mm -hmm. is all I need a richer moisturizer 
Is that going to solve my need as I go through this period in my life? And the answer is maybe, but I think if there, if it's if it's done in a way where yes, it's giving me a extra moisture, but it's also speaking to me in a way that's really resonating with me, and it's tested on women that are going through this phase, then I think it's I think it's interesting. So I, I guess my my response is it it depends. It could be done right, and it could go beyond just the marketing if it's really tested and if the brand is really serious about hey. This is an un, you know, an untapped or, or or an audience that that's not being spoke to, in a really effective way, and we could do better. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it might appeal to a demographic that's been ignored for a long time, and I think that's you know significant. Everybody wants to be seen. Yep. But again, it's like when you talk about, you know, hormones, this and perimenopausal. It's like. I don't know. You almost can get an impression that you're going to get some kind of fix in the jar that has to do with your it's like, guys, it's not going to change your hormones. You know what I mean? At the end of the day is just a richer moisture cream. Right. So (laughs) I I think that's a bit can be a little bit misleading other than maybe you feel like you're in a safe space. I don't know. That's exactly the the case, because really it's this is something that's being applied topically. It's not helping to replace any hormones or compensate in that respect. So it's really addressing the, the, the changing skin through that, that phase of life. So totally, yeah. totally agree. And I think, I think, I think that's where it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of marketing. What do you think about innovation at this point? Is it sort of like RIP in skincare? <laughs> Are we just recycling ideas now? And like we've talked about repackaging, you know, in different marketing, or is there still true innovation going on? Well, I, you know, I've been in this industry over 30 years, so I've seen a lot of ideas come and go and come back and go and come back again. Like I, sometimes <laughs> I can just count. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was the nineties. That was the thousands. <laughs> that was the, the, yeah. So I, I've seen them come back, come and go. But I think what's, what's happening, I think innovation will always be here. I think what's happening is that it's how we combine these ideas. That I think is where the innovation is. It's making these combinations, these, that's where I think uniqueness and innovation will be coming from. It's, hey, there's a great idea that people have accepted as a great idea, but then it's combined with another great idea that no one thought of combining it with. And I think that's where some really exciting innovation will continue to come. Just ahead, we're going to have some listener questions for you. Really smart listeners that we have. They want to know about nanoparticles and sunscreens. But just before that, we wanted to ask you about some recent headlines around MOCRA. That's the Modernization of Cosmetics Regulation Act, the bill that President Biden signed in late December to overhaul the FDA's regulatory framework for cosmetic development and manufacturing. So, you know, this obviously this topic can get very dense, but I wonder if you could give us the Coles notes Mm -hmm. on just a few of the main takeaways that we should know. And our listeners would be interested to know if this will have a real impact on the industry and how things are made and how we buy. I I think so. You know, I I, I just, you know, saw saw this legislation as well, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think for the first time, I think there's there's some oversight in terms of cosmetics, and I think really it's just it's just making all of the manufacturers and suppliers and vendors really conform to a way of testing that's going to make it 
a safer place for consumers to buy products. So I'm excited about it. I think there's there's more disclosure being happening if if there is a specific ingredient that might be causing any issues. I think there's you know, there's more transparency around that, so consumers could know and get that information faster. Mm-hmm. The fact that you know, as I said, as as manufacturers will have to conform to showing that they've they're doing some sort of testing to prove the product is safe. I think that's a very big win for everybody. And I think what one thing specifically I saw was the, fe- the was calling out certain fragrance ingredients. So okay. So if you if you look at an ingredient an ingredient label, if the product contains fragrance, that will be on the ingredient listing. But that word fragrance, there could be literally hundreds and hundreds of ingredients that that are part of that fragrance. Right. So part of the the you know the brands don't want to disclose exactly what makes up their fragrance. That could be their secret sauce. That could be that's something right. that's yeah. proprietary. However, with this new regulation. If it does contain one of those potentially irritating fragrance ingredients, the brand or manufacturer would have to dis- disclose that. Right. Okay. okay. Interesting. This episode has been brought to you in part by Starface. So today we're talking about no BS skincare, but let me be clear, just because a product is adorable doesn't mean that it can't be effective as well. Case in point, the latest innovation from Starface, it's a powerful micro dart patch called Micro Cloud. There are these cute cloud shaped patches that are made with tiny self dissolving micro darts that dive deep into skin to target early stage pimples that are dry or irritated. They are filled with key ingredients like hyaluronic acid, niacinamide, salicylic acid to help calm and hydrate skin for faster healing. And if you've been curious about how these types of pimple patches work, they're 100% hydrocolloid. That's an ingredient that helps absorb fluid and reduce redness while shrinking your spot. And we've asked derms and facialists on our show before whether they would recommend them for pimples, and they have said yes. They love that they keep people like me from picking our pimples as well. And Starface really is the brand with the chokehold in this category. Even Bella Hadid has been snap wearing them. They're very recognizable because they're these cute star-shaped pimple patches. And Starface has a full range of Hydro Star pimple patches for whatever mood you're in. There's the original yellow, a colorful multi-pack, a solid black, and a cute blue star that also contains salicylic acid. Plus, they come inside this little yellow compact that holds all of your stars and has a mirror, which makes them a cute gift for your friends or loved ones. You can even get a pack of classic and salicylic acid stars when you purchase the BFF bundle, which saves you 10%. But that's not all, my friends. For a limited time, Starface is offering all Breaking Beauty listeners free shipping on your first microcloud order. Just enter the promo code BEAUTY at checkout. Again, that's BEAUTY. For free shipping on your first microcloud order. Microcloud is only available in the US at starface.world. That's S T A R F A C E dot W O R L D. And now back to the show. All right, let's get into our listener questions. So, Erin wants to know she's asking, what's your take on mineral sunscreens, in particular those that use nanoparticles, so like a nano zinc, so they don't show a white cast on the skin? Are these safe for everyone or as effective? I mean, Carlene and I try so many 
mineral sunscreens and some of them do seem too good to be true or they're just like they feel like a moisturizer and you're like, am I getting the SPF 45 that it says on the label or can a zinc serum be protecting me as much as like, you know, another product that isn't a water like texture. So what do you say? I think it's a great question. I think there, you know, there has been some debate of whether the my, the nano or non-nano as it's called. So nano means that it's very, very, the particle size is really, really small. That became popular. This is going back a few years or e- even now to some extent, because again, as you said, if it's nano, the smaller it is, potentially it could blend in more seamlessly and not and, and not leave that white chalky cast that a lot of mineral sunscreens can use. But the the issue with that is, is it is a particle size so small that it's penetrating and getting into the bloodstream. And there, there's a, there was a fear about that. So I think a lot of manufacturers have backed up and said, listen, we could do, we can get a small enough particle size that is not nano or called non-nano. So it's not super, super small, but it's small enough. So it gives, it, it's allow, it allows the product to blend in seamlessly without leaving the white cast. So I think that's where, where we're trending right now, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a great question. But do you think like a sun serum mineral SPF, like that's like a watery texture is get, say it says SPF 45 on the label. Do you think you're actually getting yeah. an SPF 45? Yeah. And I think this is where the, okay. the, the legislation we talked about, where we're going to get, you know, testing that is, that's uniform. Really everyone will follow these guidelines and, okay. and I, and I, and that come, that goes down to SPF and sunscreen testing as well. Yeah, I think that would be super helpful because we've talked about this in our sunscreen episodes before where I forget there's an article that comes out every year. I forget who the body is, but it's like they actually do their consumer reports Mm. and they do their own testing to see if the sunscreen actually does what it says on the label protects up to that factor. And there are so many that fail. And my advice to consumers is to you know, shop from a more reputable brand and just mm-hmm. do your re- research to make sure that they have, they have followed all of the sunscreen testing guidelines. Yeah. Okay. Emma would like to know, what is the appropriate pH for toners? You want to, you want a toner that's going to be around, around 5.5, which is the pH of your skin. And depending if the right. toner is going to be, if let's say you, you've cleansed with a product that's a little bit higher in pH, that's more neutral then you would follow with a toner that could be a little bit lower in pH, like it could be around five or so to compensate for that higher pH cleanser. But you want to stay around 5.5. That's the pH of your skin. And if you go too high or too low, you're going to potentially irritate the skin. Okay. And our last question for you is, what is the future of beauty? What are some of the developing, emerging ingredients to look forward to, maybe that you're personally most excited about, like as a cosmetic chemist, tell us what's in your crystal ball. (laughs) Without giving it all away, (laughs) I'm excited about what's going on in biotech. And and I think what I like about it is it's a way to solve the fact that there's a lot in nature that we could leverage in beauty and skincare, but we could do it in a way that's sustainable. Meaning we hmm. don't we don't have to harvest. Basically, it's taking something that's in nature and being able to produce it, mass produce it in a lab setting. So I'm very excited about the innovations that are going to happen in that 
area, which again could be a win-win for consumers. Effective, okay. you know, based out of nature, but 100% sustainable. Like something okay. like an EGF, like an epidermal growth factor. Are you talking about something like that, or it, it could it could be it could come from really tapping into some of the food ingredients and foods that we mm-hmm. we like. You know, we're seeing things happen with with things like aloe vera, where there's some exciting new biotech innovations going on there. And how do we how do we tap into that in a bigger way and really deliver significant benefits to the skin? using those technologies. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I mean, you know, K18, which we talk about a lot on our show is mm-hmm. the hair product. It yep. was literally made in a computer. Like I, I didn't understand it at first when yes. the founders were on our show and talking about it and the engineer, he was speaking about it. And then the co-founder stepped in and she was like, that basically means it was made in a computer, <laughs> the entire <laughs> right. formula. Yes. And then it was like applied in a lab and they started figuring that all out. I just, I, my mind was pretty blown by that. So I think we're yet to see that full application explored in skincare. And when somebody does do it, I think it is going to be very exciting. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time with Breaking Beauty podcast. We can take our, you know, school uniform off now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. We got a crash course here today, Ron. Thank you so much for being patient and answering all of our questions. And we can't wait to see what's next from you and from Haley Bieber. Totally appreciate that. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.